hello, welcome along to Baffled. It's the podcast where we try and find out the most amazing facts that we can scrabble together uh, and then see if they are truly ridiculous or not. My name's Dan. Thank you so much for finding us. This week, I've got three like food facts for you. We'll talk about a fast food investigation. We'll talk about why spicy food burns on the way out as well as when it goes in. And you can hear about how many ways you can actually taste garlic. Uh, that's from my end. We've also got Mark with us. Mark, what have you brought to the table, pal? This week, I've got a fact for you which might genuinely horrify you. Did you know you enjoy distress? That's all I'm going to say for now. Uh, also, a famous store may have more meaning behind the name than you thought. And finally, potentially the most nonsense fact I've ever brought to this podcast. It's big talk. Connor, what have you got for us? So a three-year-old could be the next Trump. If you want to work in Walmart, that's harder than you expect. And have you ever wondered how much spaghetti is actually the perfect amount? You did pizza facts the other day, now it's spaghetti facts. Oh, uh, you're, bring you're, it you're, all. You're our really niching down. Uh, listen, we're, I think we're covering all bases there. Stick around, it's this week's Baffled. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, gents. Episode 11, I think. I'm, I'm not one for keeping tabs on how many episodes we've done. Whoa, but that, whoa, 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 whoa. Dan. Yes, Connor. Before we get into it. Mm-hmm. I have some news for you, my friend. Uh, right. Well, this better be about Elsie Isla because her phone number is the easiest thing to find ever on the internet. So go go ahead. That it is. And yes, I did call it. Okay. What happened? So, right. But very quickly, if you've missed these episodes, you really need to go and catch up. Basically, we discovered a town in, a, in the middle of America called Minowai. Uh, it, it's, it's got one person in it. She's like 80 years old. Her name is Elsie Isla. We are determined to get her on the show. Connor has been like slightly lazy about it for the last few weeks, but he's delivering. Connor, what happened when you called the number? So I called the number. I actually used my girlfriend's phone for it because I'm blocked from uh, ringing US numbers. So uh, she did get a little bit worried afterwards that the FBI were going to track her down. But I was very polite. So we basically, we found the number, didn't we? And we put it in our little WhatsApp chat of the bar that Elsie Isla works at. We're aware that she works in the bar. She also is the mayor. She's the librarian. So I thought, I'll ring the number. Let's let's take the shot. Let's see what happens. She answered, Dan. Okay. So as she's answered, it's, of course, a sound of an older lady. Therefore, I know that it's her. I've said, hi, is this the Manawi Tavern? Blah, blah, blah. She said, yes. I said, am I speaking to an Elsie Isla? She said, you are indeed. I said, hello there. I said, my name's Connor. Um, I'm from a UK-based podcast currently getting quite a lot of good traction in the US as well. Um, I'm just giving you a call. As give the listening I, figures while you were there. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I wanted to make it sound a bit better. And I was just like, took I'm, her through a whole slideshow presentation. Yeah, yeah. 
And I'm like, I'm just giving you a quick call. Um, I'm sure that you get this quite a lot, uh, but we we understand that you are the one person that lives in Manawi. It's a, it's a known fact. Uh, it's the population of one and you are that one. We used you as one of our facts. Um, we wondered if you would love to come on the show and have a chat with us. She said, I have no idea what you're talking about. She was very confused about what I was saying. She understood who she was. I just don't think she understood who I was and what I was talking about. Okay, right. So how did this end? So I then said to her, I went, I went through it again. I basically repeated myself and I said, I understand that you've done a few interviews for the BBC before. We're basically a media outlet in the UK. We are also in the US as well. We would love it if you could come on. And she took said, her through the slideshow again. <laughs> took her through the slideshow. Yeah, okay, yeah. And she said, unfortunately, this isn't something that I'd be interested in. Okay. So essentially what happened is that you scared an old woman in America. But I did call. I did talk to her. This isn't a lie. This is no, the truth. Now, a few thoughts come to my mind when, when you when you do this. I think you've... Well, firstly, mad props. Brilliant work that you've actually done something in this. I am... I've, that, that's I, I, I want to call her myself. I'm just wondering at what point it does become harassment. That, that's my first. I think. I think we're close to the line already. No, no, yeah. no. We're not. We're not. We're not. I'll tell you for why. Okay. So I was in the room. My mum was actually in the room when I called her. Mum afterwards, like being the mother figure, I was like, "You was perfectly polite there, Connor. I was polite. I can be very nice. I'm not always jokey and quite forward. I was very polite to her. She's an older lady, of course. I wasn't in a sort of a, a, a forceful uh, manner. But I just think if we maybe like prepped something and went instead of just this random call that I made after drinking like seven Coronas on a Thursday night, if we okay. prepped okay, we something together right, okay. and one of you called them, we could probably get there. I think you've thrown her off with talk of media outlets and podcasts. You could have nipped it in the bud and said that you work for a radio station. No one's really caring about the facts. I think maybe we don't, because the, you know, the technology being what it is and I don't know how good she's with the internet and, maybe the technology to get on the phone is a bit tough right now. But I mean, if we could just get like a, a an email from her, just to let, just to let her know that, that she understands that we're thinking of her. I, th- I, think that, I think that's something we can hang our hat on. I've got her on the phone in 25 seconds. Yeah, and you then scared her in two seconds talking about media outlets. I didn't scare her. Look, listen, I'll get, I'll try and get a recording of this phone call. But look, I called her. What have you, mate? What have you done? Hang on. How I are you going to get a number? recording of this phone call now? You've done it. You can't ring, go back and record it. I'll ring up EE. Just ring up EE, be like, hey, I know you record all my phone calls. I don't think you're important enough to have your phone tapped and recorded every phone call, Connor. Look, look, I, I hate to anyone, break this to you. For anyone who's listening to this podcast right now, do you see what I'm dealing with? Look, I know, I, 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 I said come, you I come don't... back, I'll provide what you've wanted, you and you're still giving it the big one, right? Look, I'll rung her up. If, right, done, if we look, want her I'm on not, there. I'm not, I'm not doubting that you've rung her up. You've done a great job in ringing her up. I, gave you, I, gave, I did give you the phone number. You've done a great job in ringing her whoa, up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How are you suddenly claiming that you gave gave the phone number? I I, I gave the number in the WhatsApp chat. Do you want to check back? I don't think you yeah, did. It was definitely not you. It was 100% Mark, Ben. <laughs> right, well, well done, Connor. Thank you so much. Also, um, thank you if you've fired over facts, slid into our DMs over on Instagram. Thank you to BTS underscore Weekly News. Know what they're about. And also to CMI Hoffer 25. Uh, and we got a few more as well, and I, I'm cracking through those facts. I'm going to kind of put them together and figure them all out. 
I just haven't quite. While we're time. doing shout outs, uh, as well to uh, Shobby777, who finally listened to Connor's plea to give him a fact in the uh, in the reviews rather than a DM. And uh, she's left us one in there. So thank you very much. I say she, it may be a he. I have literally no idea. They. Let's go All, with that. They left us a review. Yeah. Always keen to assume it's a woman. Right. Let's crack on with the facts then. I'm going to take number one this week. Uh, just because I like it, it's quite a story that I need to weave and I need to tell. A sheriff in Indianapolis in America launched a full-scale investigation when someone took a bit out of his McChicken sandwich in McDonald's. He got back to, uh, to, to the police place, to the, to the police HQ, discovered that his McChicken sandwich had been bitten. So straight away, without a second thought, he marched back down to Macca's, demanding to know what had happened, who had done this, he would make them pay. And then after a thorough investigation, they submitted this press release answering all the queries. Last week, a Marion County Sheriff's Office employee purchased a chicken sandwich from a McDonald's in Indianapolis. The employee, it was discovered, took a bite out of the sandwich upon his shift starting at the Marion County Jail and then forgot that he had done it. So this guy launched a full-scale investigation to discover who had taken a bite out of his McChicken sandwich and it turned out that he had done it himself and had forgotten all about it. I don't have a lot of faith in that police force, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Neither do I, but I totally understand why he launched the investigation. If you, you? you know, yeah, no, at first, right? If you've forgotten, yeah. Uh, yeah, at first, forgetting that it was himself, I would be pretty annoyed if a chicken sandwich was delivered to me with a bite out of it. And if I was a police officer, I mean, that is unhygienic, fellas. Yeah, but launching an investigation is a bit much here. Do we know how he found out the final, the final result? Uh, makes it sound like Eurovision. What's the final result? How how he found out that he'd just forgotten. Did he watch? Go back, check CCTV and was like, oh no, this is embarrassing. I don't think they officially discovered. I think he just remembered it. He was called, didn't give his proper name. He was called DJ and the sheriff's office had to apologise to McDonald's saying there is no way that they tampered with the employee's employees' food. How can he forget? I mean, to... You know, it's quite easy. I think when you're paying, you just take a bite and, you know, Cops, maybe. I don't want to generalise, but cops in America, maybe they're having a lot of um, burgers and stuff. A lot, a lot of McDonald's, maybe. I love the fact, though, that like he, he come back and, you know, you can imagine this great big copper, you know, obviously quite sort of alpha male, annoyed about the day. And he's just come in and he's gone. Right. That's it. My chicken sandwich has got a bite out of it. We're launching an investigation. Someone's having it here. Someone, yeah, someone has had big. this and I'm not having it. it. I'm it. not having it. Turns out he did have it. Literally. It's like the perfect, isn't it, example of like when you're a police officer, you just have the power to do the most ridiculously nonsense things like interrogate somebody with a magic sandwich. That's my problem here, that it's just a, a flagrant dereliction of duty here that they're like, you know what, I don't care about anything that's happening. I don't care about all those kidnappings or burglaries that might be going on in Indianapolis. Instead, um, I want to do bur- burglary investigations. Night. Yeah. I used to do this thing at well, I didn't actually used to do it. That's completely reworded. To a friend of mine used to do this thing at McDonald's where he would eat a whole you sound meal. Sound like Dan taking credit there. Or he'd eat the whole meal, and then at the end, on the last bite, he'd pull a hair out of his head and pull it in the burger so that he'd get all of the money back. Oh, all that the, is fantastic. All the meal back, which is you know quite clever. Um, and I'd honestly say that eighty percent of the time it did work, and he would either get full refund or Blimey. the whole meal again. 
Surely you'd have to use a different McDonald's. Otherwise, be like, oh, the hair guy's back. Oh, did you find another hair, did you? Well, also, yeah, but I think, I think when he realised that he had put on about two stone in like a month of doing it because he was eating and he was now the meals. Yeah, then, then of course, yeah. you know, it kicked in that he must stop this, but clever. clever yeah, right? bald and massively rich and in strange meal, happy meal vouchers. Uh, it's You have to think, though, more, Mark, about the, who who is going to do that? Who who At what state in your life are you trying to mug off McDonald's? And I mean, if you're in a posh restaurant and, you, and your meal is going to cost you 75 quid or something, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm saying I can understand it. If you're in McDonald's, it's 99p off the saver menu. I mean, come on. I think it's just fun, isn't it? Like all in the car with your mates, you've gone through the drive-thru and you're like pulling hairs out of parts of the body that he wants done, which is kind of funny, and putting that in the burger. What? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we're getting, we're getting into it now, but and I'm not telling you the kid's name, but he you knows who he is. from his head? No, and he does oh, listen to this podcast. He's a good friend of mine, so shout out to you, bud. You've made you've made some good comedy over the years, but like it's brilliant. Oh, I tell you what, I he was down in my estimation anyway, because he's trying to mug off McDonald's. List a little bit up in my estimation because I found out he listens to the show, but then way down when I've decided he's pulling some arse hair out of there. That's, that's, it's that's been a roller coaster. <laughs> right, Connor, give us your first fact. Okay, right, let's get into it. So a US town. Once had a three-year-old mayor. Very cool. What? What? Who? Who was it? What town? So, in the small town of Dorset, Minnesota, where a new mayor is picked every two years by drawing names out of a hat, a three-year-old named Robert Tufts was elected mayor in 2015. His governing style, being nice and no poopy talk, in 2020, I think that we can all agree that the world could use more Robert Tufts in the higher office. I mean, let's be honest. He probably spoke less garbage than most politicians do. Yeah, of course he did, and he's three years old. And he's got, he, he'll he have proper priorities as well. He will. And I always, I love the fact that these things, always, and, you know, shout out to all the American listeners, but these things always happen in, like, these little towns and places in America that you've never really heard of. That's what I love, like LCI, like, it's in a place that you don't know. You know, that would never happen in the UK, but I love the fact it happens in the US. I love it. There, there was a dog mayor as well somewhere, wasn't there? I remember there's a dog that keeps getting elected mayor. Might be in Canada, but it's 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 around that, that region. I mean, the region's half the world, so come on. Do you know what I just love as well about the fact, and this is what I just love about America. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the States, love going out there, but I love the fact that in the UK, right, if that happened and they picked it out of a hat, not that that would ever be a thing, but if that happened... And it was a three-year-old. It'd have to be like a redraw. Over in the over in the states, in certain areas, they're like, "Yep, it is what it is. That was the rules. He is three, but we leave it as it is." Love that. Brilliant. Dems the rules. We're gonna cope. Yeah, I mean, you would feel like it would be important, and I hope that this was one of the first things that he did when he became mayor, is that uh, you put an age limit on the on the names that go into the hat, like a goblet of fire vibe. The place is called Dorset in Minnesota. Now, I don't know how many people are there um, and I don't know what the population is. I'm going to look it up now. Wait, so did let, you say 2018, Connor? So it was in 2015 that James Tufts becomes the Dorset's mayor. Four-year-old Gwendolyn Davis of Utah won the mayorship in 2016 as well. The populate, tiny community, population's 22. What do you reckon the first is the first point of order was for a three-year-old mayor? Uh, I don't know, actually. Maybe not wear nappies anymore. Just read to poo wherever you want. Yeah, yeah just, just popping everywhere. First order. I mean, he wouldn't... 
I don't know. Like, would he even under? I don't know. Would he even understand what he's doing at three? No, probably. He'd not. probably uh, he'd probably deal with the tax levies that have gone on to petrol because we all know that those are causing massive issues in the oil and gas market. That's probably the first thing that he did. Oh, Either that or uh, give sweets away for free. One of the two. Yeah, I'm thinking more the latter. I'm thinking more the latter on that one, Mark. What would be the uh, first thing that you would do if you became mayor, Connor? First thing I would do if I become mayor of what of what of where where I live. Well, yeah, I don't care where. Um, I think the first thing that I would do if I become mayor of where I lived would be to cut the grass verges outside the house. <laughs> what a preposterous thing to do for the first thing. There you go, Mark. What's your first fact? Weirdly, it has a lot to do with grass. Did you know that the smell of freshly cut grass is actually a distress signal. Tell me more. So that smell that you enjoy so much is actually the silent screams of grass. Oh, my. Sorry, I muted myself. (laughs) Tell us more. So, chemically speaking, let's get into some chemistry here. Uh, Hold on, hold on. Right, think about what you're about to say, Mark, and think, will will Connor understand it? I'm going to make it simple for you. Because I'm bad with science. Come on. Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to make it simple for you. Okay, so you know when the grass gets cut, Connor? When yeah. your dad goes out and cuts the grass verges? Yep. And you get that lovely smell. The best smell. Best smell, right. So, basically, what happens is that when grass gets um, damaged in some way, then it lets off an airborne mix of chemicals. So it's like carbon-based, which other bits of grass and other plants around can sense. They're all, they're all up there, Connor. All the chemicals, they're all up in the air, swirling around. Yep, swirling. So, so you're sniffing them in going, oh, that's beautiful. I'm sniffing them in going, oh, my hay fever, it's horrific. Yeah. But plants are going, oh, that means damage is on the way. Therefore, they start to do what's called bunkering. So within you starting to cut your grass verge at the bottom end, as soon as that smell hits the air, the grass at the other end is starting to prepare itself to be cut. So it's moving some of its nutrients more into the ground so it can hold on to them, knowing that damage is coming. Absolutely fantastic fact. My favourite bit about it is that the smell we all enjoy is essentially just grass going, oh, don't cut me, it That hurts. is brilliant. And do you know what? That is the perfect story for a new kid's like TV show. Let's do it. Let's write a book. Let's you write could do a an animation, book, can you? All about grass, grass being cut. Yeah, well, you know, like you had like Bugs Life, Grass Life. What happens in episode two of Grass Life, though? So first episode, they're getting the call. They're retreating into themselves to save the nutrients. They're bunkering. What's happening in episode two? Well, episode two, Sally and Bill, who live on the edge of the verge, Bill's only been arrested. What for? Is, gra- is, gra- is grass hedges too swearing. high? For swearing. That's what that's what you came up with. <laughs> it's a kid's you, you, know, you know what we'll call it? We'll, we'll call it the grass is greener. It's, oh, my, oh my God. Oh my God, this is like wanton. Mate, this is actually, it's not like wanton, but we're just coming up with good stuff. This is <laughs> sick. The grass is always greener. Yes. And then when it's finished, when, the, when all of the series is finished, we could have a spin-off and it could be the grass is always greener on the other side. <laughs> oh, we, we have got this nailed. Oh, yeah, mate, this I... is sick. I'm out. I have to say, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm out. It's a good fact. Feed, I'm out. I'm out. We could sell magazines, and the merchandise could be cut grass, so that you can put it on the side, and you can smell the cut grass as you watch the episodes. So therefore, it's like three D sort of thing. 
and we can spe- we can sell merchandise T-shirts where you sell them as like couples T-shirts. One T-shirt is a little more green than the other. One T-shirt says the grass is greener. Dot dot dot. And the other T-shirt, which is more green, says the other side. Have Mate, you two been smoking grass? Honestly, have you been no. smoking grass? This is the most preposterous oh, thing. I've we, ever are, heard. we are we onto a business idea right here. If baff- if baffled doesn't bring in the millions that I hope it does, then this is this is how it's happening. The first episode is about some grass that's getting cut and bunkering in on itself. In the second episode, two random people called Sally and Bill are getting chucked in prison for swearing. And yeah, and I'll, then, I'll be honest, the storyline needs a bit of work. And then at the end of it, they go, "Hey, the grass is greener." We'll see you next week for our new series, The Grass is Greener on the Other Side. Yeah, but you've got to understand, this is just sort of coming off the tongue. Like, this yeah, is just creativity like, yeah, I know, thoughts. No, like, mate, I fully understand that. I fully understand there is no work that's gone into this. This is about as... Is obvious. Uh, it's about as confusing as I imagine your chat to Elsie Isler is trying to explain how a podcast works. Well, no, but you can kind of have it like a bit like a Stranger Things type thing. You know how like you have like the... Uh, what's the thing in Stranger Things where they go underground and it's like the... the um, the upside down. The upside down. Well, like you got you got the normal, which is the grass, and then all the nutrients, they could be characters, and that's the upside down. So like how do the nutrients live underneath? What are these characters the called? What are these nutrient characters well, called? I don't know, you've got a, Sally, you've got Bill, name me some more. Well, you we could sort of, you know, take the scientific words for the nutrients and turn it into like a fun name. So like for example, oxygen, the name could be Oligen. So so when it gets cut carbon-based compounds called green leaf volatiles or glvs are released the you could have the glvs who are like they are actual people or little grass characters that get into like helicopters and planes and they're like the raf warning the other grass that the lawnmower's coming it's like oh no the glv has been dispatched right fact two here we go you've got the same pain receptors in your mouth that you do in your butt which is why eating spicy foods is as painful going out a few days later as it is going in. Oh, okay, right. This is this is a really good fact, but there's something I disagree with it. How are you just? You were just pitching me. A, you were just saying we needed to fix the world of science TV programming. I don't understand how you're disagreeing well, with this science. I think it answers. You know, the morning after when you are on the toilet and it is stinging the rim, it answers that. But. It doesn't hurt when I eat spicy food. I love spicy food, but it bloody well hurts when it comes out the other end. So therefore, am I, am I more used to it in the mouth? Is that adapted more? I don't know. I imagine it's adapted more and you're getting more of the flavours which are, marking, are masking some of the painful chilli tastes. I would worry if you were being actually able uh, to taste cumin and coriander and, uh, you know, a, a, a jalapeno through your ass, I'd be honest. It, they, they, these things called, I can't quite pronounce it, I think it's nociceptors. Uh, they respond, which are uh, in your mouth, in your bum. Uh, they respond to capsaicin, which is the chemical responsible for spicy food feelings, which means that when you digest stuff, uh, food, some of the spicy stuff that was in the food stays there and then it hits those nociceptors and it, as you so eloquently put it, Connor, stings the rim. I'll tell you what, I, I, you know, it is one of the worst things, isn't it? When 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 the rim picks up the spice, but wouldn't it be great if it like picked up the salmon fillet that you had on some noodles the night before and you could relive it? I mean, I'll be honest, I don't want taste receptors near my bum hole. <laughs> because yes, you might get salmon, but you're also going to get a lot worse. Well, no, but it's only what you've put in your body. It would make a first Tinder date very, very strange, wouldn't it? You know, she's tucking into a... Ling- um, I was wondering what she was tucking into then. Seafood linguine. And then you suddenly... 
get your kicks down, hoik up on the table, have a little squat and you're feeding. I mean, I'm not saying you do it that way. It's not suddenly if you've got taste receptors on your bum as well, that you're suddenly eating your food anally, but it's, I mean, there would, there would be a lot, I think you'd got, you'd get a lot worse than the benefit you'd get from having taste receptors on your bum. I don't know. I think it would make, it'd make doing plops a little bit more enjoyable. I don't know. That's been through you. Like, would you eat your poo? Well, I wouldn't eat it because I don't want to put yeah, it in. I probably my- would if I was what? on an island. Right, Connor, yeah. we're coming back to you in a second. Fine, you but can eat it on an normal island. Normal people, yeah. Normal people, let's have this conversation, me and Dan, because Connor clearly isn't. Would you eat your poo? Well, yeah, I think I think it's fine to eat your poo if you're on a desert island. Just don't do it after one hour. You know, save it. I no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't eat my poo, but that's because I don't want the texture and I don't want the um, I, I don't want the, the stink as it goes into my mouth. But it's more a case of I wouldn't. I I think I'd get quite a kick out of a literal spicy kick or a a, a nice feeling tasting food twice, especially if it was a, a good mm. meal. Imagine having a, you know, you you people like filet mignon or whatever you meat eaters eat, but when a nice little chickpea, tasting it twice, oh, fantastic, fantastic. No, no. No. Connor, how long would it be if you were stuck on a desert island before you, you gave in and had to um, drink your, your wee and eat your poo? Day and a half. Day and a half. How, as, as we've discussed, a little bit lazy. How much rigorous, thorough checking of the island would you give to look, at, to look for oasis and freshwater streams and, and other sources of food, maybe fruits, before you started to eat your own fecal waste? <laughs> I like the way you worded that. Probably minimal. I mean, I wouldn't enjoy that. So if you know if the poo's there, the poo's there. Let's tuck in. Ah, I mean, also here's 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 the question: If you're on a desert island and you haven't eaten anything for a day and a half, which is why you're now eating your poo and you're drinking your wee, surely there's not going to be a lot of it to eat and drink because nothing's gone in for a day and a half. It's good logic. I imagine what's happened though, Connor, if I may. I think he has—he's foreseen this happening. I imagine he's quite terrified because of the plane crash and everything. So he's got there. He's managed to float to safety. He's had a big old expulsion, uh, as we've discussed. The IBS—it's all come out. So I—I I imagine he's—he's he's kind of saved it a little bit. You know, maybe, maybe he's put it in a nice shady area so it's not getting too much of the heat for the stank. And then day and a half, he's had a little look left and right. Can't see any immediate sources of food. You know what? I'm going to tuck in. I'm going to slow cooked poo. If I want to get a poo out, it's coming out. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Let's not get back into this debate of who poos better. (laughs) So tell you what, we're going to have to do a contest soon, I think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Look on the Bright Side is the brand new podcast which helps to shed light on some of the feel-good, amazing stories happening through this lockdown period. Search Look on the Bright Side wherever you found this podcast and take some time out to enjoy and smile with us. Together we can make it through. Connor, give us your second fact. Second fact for the day. So... Walmart has a lower acceptance rate than Harvard. Is that just due to volume of applicants? It's got to be. But also, I guess... No, it can't be because people know that they're not going to get into Harvard. There's no way everyone's applying on a whim, whereas Walmart is everywhere. Right, here we go. So Harvard might be hard to get into with a 4.5% admittance rate, but try this one for size. Only 2.6% of Walmart's applicants are accepted so it says, now we realise that this comparison isn't exactly flawless, but you have to admit that is a pretty funny fact. It's good. I enjoy it. I think it is funny. Uh, what do you reckon you're closer to, Con, Harvard or Walmart? Oh, come on, let's get real. We know the answer. Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, actually, it's surprising because I think most Harvard entrance exams lead with the question, how long would you be on this island before you did start eating your own feces? Yeah, well, exactly. But um, I, I, there's things that I find quite interesting about this. So like with how hard it is to potentially get a job at Walmart, it's actually the same with McDonald's um, in the UK. I don't know if it's the same in the US, but you have to have quite a high qualification rate to work in McDonald's, I believe. Do you? Yeah, you have to have like a certain, I think you have to have like f- maybe four or five season above in uh, GCSEs, which, you know, which is doable, but for a lot of people that may not have been doable, but you have to have like certain qualifications to be at McDonald's. You can't just Here's of- my question, and this is nothing against McDonald's workers. This is purely just a- I know what you're about to say. It's just a question here. Why do you need GCSEs to work in McDonald's? What, what from your GCSEs- translates across to McDonald's. Surely it's better just to do a job interview and to pick out the best people from that. I'm not saying that you have to be thick to work in McDonald's, but why would you need GCSEs? Mark, what from your GCSEs applies to anything in life? Come on, let's get real now. I mean, that is true. It's not the point of it, though, is it? It's not the point of it. The point of these... No, 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 that is the uh, point. Dan, when did you use Pythagoras' theorem to, like, go and shop at Tesco's? No, I don't. But that, but that's, you know, you can't make everything that you learn at school applicable to people that work in Tesco's. It's not about learning these things. It's about it's about stoking your interest in other stuff. That's why you do all this. It's about applying yourself, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Saying, OK, I will work hard. I will get that. And I guess that's probably what they want to see. And, and they but need to will it down. It just so seems, people that are it just good seems at weird. That, like, if you, if you drop out of school before GCSEs for whatever reason, you, it seems weird that you then can't go and work in McDonald's. I don't see how you're less qualified than someone who's got some C's at GCSE. I reckon, I reckon there's probably a system, isn't there? As long as you can go in, prove that you're a hard worker, 
and learn how to fix the uh, milkshake machine and the ice cream machine that's always broken, then I don't really see what the issue is. As for like the, back to the fact of like the acceptance rate getting into Walmart and Harvard, that is utterly bonkers. Like when you actually think about it, that is absolutely bonkers. It must be volume. That's the only way. It must be. It like, must be volume. It must be something. So many people apply. That must be what it is. But it's it's just one of those, cool. not a lot of people think they can get into Harvard. I think I was. But once most rejected people will think they can go and work at Walmart. Yeah. Hold on, what then? I think I was once rejected from a job at McDonald's. Actually, oh, I think when I was you. at university, I think I wasn't allowed in, and I got more than five C's for my GCSEs. Had a couple of A levels chucked in as well. So I've got A levels. Yeah, I've got GCSEs, A levels, the lot. What do you want? I'll All give right, it to let's you. let's not turn this into a willy waving contest. I just don't about... have a degree. Uh, okay, so I hate you there. Um, it's enjoyable the way that you were so quick to tell people that you've got GCSEs and A levels. Probably sticking yeah, up feel, for yourself. I feel you? like we've painted this picture of me on this podcast as this, you know, underachieving, thick. No, kid. not underachieving. I don't think you're underachieving and thick. We've discussed. I think you, I think you're a tad lazy. You're not underachieving and thick. Hey, there was. There was someone who stood up for you in the comments uh, this week saying that they agree with you on your spy policy. So maybe Connor is the voice of the people. Right, well, there you go. I tell you what, if you agree with any of the nonsense that Connor is spouting today, um, yeah, why don't you leave it as a review over on Apple Podcasts? Tell us how long you would wait before you would eat your own dirty dirty stuff when you're stuck on a desert island mark give I, us your I would back. love if there is just a wave of people leaving reviews saying i would wait two hours before eating my poo i would wait seven hours before eating my poo and people just finding the podcast for the first time and going oh i'll read the review see if it's any good and just yeah. going what yeah. the heck yeah. is going on yeah grills has started a new podcast um <laughs> right mark give us your second fact Okay, fact number two. Do you guys know what IKEA means? No, I do not. I'm excited to learn. IKEA is an acronym. Is it It what? It stands. It's an acronym. Yeah, yeah. So it stands for Ingvar Kamprad, who is the man who founded it. Then Elmtard, which is the farm he grew up on. And then Agunard, which is his hometown. And that is how you get IKEA. His name, the farm he grew up on, and his hometown as an acronym. Say it all together for me, please, mate. Ingvar Kamprad Almtard Agunard. It's yeah, all I mean, in Swedish, and I'll be honest, I'm not great with Swedish words. You can completely understand why they shortened that to IKEA, can't you? Yeah, it's a little more catchy, isn't it? Yeah. Names, names are pretty cool. Lego, the toy Lego, uh, that's a two words squashed together. Lego stands for Legot. Uh, which means play well in Danish, which is pretty cool. If you want to talk about Scandinavian naming, I don't know if it's quite Scandinavian. No, I don't want to talk about Scandinavian naming. <laughs> well, we're go- well, we're going to. Oh, tough, tough, we're going to. Connor, we're going there. We're going there. Yeah, if the option's there, I'm out. Icelandic naming traditions are pretty sick. Um, so in Iceland, that, sorry, I'm not meaning to take away from your fact, but there's not really that much I can do about IKEA. It's cool. Now, it's just one of those I- facts, isn't it? Icelandic names are pretty sick. So... The they are I think they're I can't remember the actual name for it but basically you take your dad's first name normally as the start of your last name Connor are you with me Connor what's your dad's name Marcus qu- qu- quickly your surnames aren't passed down through generations like so it's not like every everyone in the Knight family is called something Knight in Iceland yeah so Connor would be Connor Markerson yeah that if would you had be a your daughter, Icelandic name if you had a daughter Connor it would be Connor's daughter. 
which which is pretty cool. The thing is, in Iceland, there's a very slim amount of names that you can actually call your child. You can't just call it any anything you want, like Desiree and Jezebel and Clive and Colin. There's a very thin like book of names. So that means quite a lot of Icelandic names, they have the same first and last name. You'll get like Magnus Magnusson because there's not just that much they can play with. So they're quite uninventive. I took a lot of time explaining that, but I hope you got Do you know sometimes, Dan, when you speak, honestly, my mind just <laughs> completely like blacks out. I imagine that Connor's mind at times, you know, the monkeys that just like you set them off and they just clap the symbols together. <laughs> yeah. I imagine that Dan's there explaining this and Connor's mind is just going clappy, clappy, monkey, monkey, clappy, clappy, monkey, monkey, symbol, 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 clappy, clap. My third and final fact of the podcast, you can taste garlic with your feet. What? Mm. Explain everything here. Right. I'm going to make it as simple as I can. It's quite simple, Connor, right? Yeah, please, Dan. Just cut it down, yeah? A little bit of time. At least a minute. Basically, there's something in garlic called allicin. It's a molecule. It's the perfect size and structure. So it gets into your skin through... The bo- at the bottom of your foot, it can travel up your body, and then a little bit later on, you'll start to get the odor and the taste of garlic in your mouth. So, what you're saying is that a hilarious prank would be to put garlic in someone's sock and then watch them for 10 minutes until they start wondering why they can taste garlic. Exactly. The video that I discovered this through, they did a very similar thing at a party where they got people to do that. I imagine it's the same thing why that vapor rub works. Uh, you know, where you sometimes oh. when you're a bit ill and you've got a bit of a chesty cough and yeah. you need unblocking, that's what works. Now, it doesn't happen with all food, as I say, specifically garlic, because this thing, allicin, is the, uh, it, it seems like it's the perfect molecular stuff structure uh, to be able to break through and fit through your skin nicely questions so, gents so it has to rub against your foot basically yeah it has to be in contact with your foot it's a really interesting fact that i like that that's really cool I'd, i want to try it i think you could try i it. like the idea that different foods are tasted in different areas of your body so like every other every food could be tasted by your tongue and one other part of your body well, so apparently for garlic it's feet today aren't they so and then obviously for spice, it's your bum hole. And then maybe for like a bit of salmon, it's your inside thigh. Just like there's just like a random point on your body where you can taste all the food. That I would love, be great. I love the fact that your mind was quickly thinking of the final example and you come up with salmon and inside thigh. Yeah, I don't really know where that came from, but you know, that's an insight into my brain. It's less clappy clappy monkey and it's more salmon and thighs. You would look a little bit like something from a very strange video you'd find on one of the darker corners of the internet wouldn't you if putting all these foods at different part of your bodies oh, I, don't, I don't know if i could carry on doing this show with you if this is the type of thing that you'd be doing <laughs> this sticking, is this kind sticking of beans on your ribs and stuff not for me. Cu- come down to the sort of bit where you know like if you cut garlic it, it and you hold it with, with your finger of course and you use the other hand with the knife it, it's so difficult isn't it to get rid of that smell of garlic on your fingers I, I assume that that links with it being... Ah, it maybe ha- that's why. Maybe that's why. It's just really good at staying there. Yeah, like it the hangs around. Size. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you what, Connor. Always thinking. Well Always done. thinking. You like that, eh? I like that, Dan. That's a really good fact. I'm, I'm Honestly, that is brilliant. I'm going to have no to worries. try that. We don't need to sit around waffling, so let's crack on with your final fact of the pod. So I have saved my, my favourite one until last and uh, I actually had this fact uh, about three episodes ago but I I held on to it I feel like today's the day are you ready so I'm ready 
Do you know what a spaghetti spoon is? I would imagine it's a spoon that you use to eat your spaghetti. No. So it's actually one of those serving spoons. You know, the ones that are kind of like a bit of a ball. Yeah. And they have the the hole, don't they? Mm. They have the hole on the spoon. Yeah. So a lot of people believe that that hole on the spoon is to drain the water when you're getting the spaghetti out. Do you want to know what I think it is? Can I guess? Or am I going to ruin your fact? Well, guess. And if you know it, then it's fantastic. I reckon it's probably something like the perfect size of sp- the perfect portion of spaghetti. It is. So before you cook the spaghetti, if you put the spaghetti inside that hole and fill it, that is one portion of spaghetti per person. Surely it depends how hungry good. you are, though. It's not well, like a magic one where the hole gets bigger or smaller, depending how hungry you are. Well, I will be honest with you. I love spaghetti. I absolutely love it. And I love noodles as well. And I do use those spoons to do it. And it is such a hard thing to measure. Like, it's so difficult to know how much to do of spaghetti. If you're cooking for like two people, three people, you always either have too much and you don't really want too much because then there's too much like sauce that it just, you know, it's difficult. So that for me was a fantastic fact to have in the locker, to know that. I'm going to try that out. I have tried it and it is good. It is uh, good. So there's two things. I like quite a large amount of spaghetti and I'm very against being told how much spaghetti uh, I, I, I should eat. No, you don't tell me what to do. It's my freedom, my liberty to pick my own pasta portions. Thank you very much. This, 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 honestly, hold me to this, but this is a fact that avid listeners of this podcast are going to put down. as a, It's like the pizza one. It could change lives. No, but the pizza let's, I mean, let, let's not be too big about it, but it could change lives, Connor. I'm sceptical over how true it is, you know, because I think it's one of these things that people have worked out latterly. It's like a backronym. I think initially the hole was there to drain the pasta because that's the obvious smart thing that it's there for. And then people have... Where'd you learn these words? People have like ret- have done it in reverse. People have seen the hole and then they think, hang on, how much pasta would be there? And then that's just been used as some like marketing scheme. I don't reckon they put the hole there to figure out the perfect portion of pasta. It's just taken me three attempts to spell backronym and I'm putting that word in the locker. That is a great word. <laughs> so a backronym is when you figure it out retroactively so like bebo the old social and we, we spoke about bebo on one of the first shows bebo the old the old social messaging thing uh network that was called bebo and then they called it then they latterly said that it was it stood for blog early blog often when it never stood for that at the start it was a backronym nice but yeah also fun fact for you uh, the singular of spaghetti is spaghetto yeah great big fan of that mark bring up your the fact that you promised us was the most nonsensical one we'd ever had I think, I mean, I think this is, this is, this brings me joy, but it's also incredibly stupid. When I say this following sentence, I'm not actually talking nonsense. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. That is a legit sentence in the English language. Hmm. What? <laughs> so the sentence, buffalo, 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 actually makes sense. Why right, explain these, that to it's me? It's one of these things I just don't care about. You know, I'm never going to use this practically in my life, but please explain. This is why it's entire utter nonsense. So the word buffalo, unsurprisingly, has multiple meanings. So um, obviously most people will know buffalo uh, as both a singular and plural term for bison. So a buffalo is an animal. Also, 
Buffalo is a city in New York. But Buffalo also is a verb, meaning to bully, confuse, deceive or intimidate. When you put all of those three different buffaloes together, you can create the sentence of eight different buffaloes in a row. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. And it makes a genuine English sentence. You wanted more from that, didn't you, Connor? Yeah, that is. I'm so (laughs) disappointed, man. Aren't you, Dan? I just, it's just one of these things I don't buy. I just don't believe it. I just, I just. Let me explain it to you. I know you so have explained it. Essentially. If I use, if I, I use the, the synonyms on. for it. Please just call it a day. Like, I love you, mate, but this is yeah, not, nah, mate. No, no I want to, no, I do. I want to hear the synonyms for it. So oh, go ahead. Here we go. Synonyms. So the sentence also is bison from Buffalo, New York who are intimidated by other bisons from Buffalo, New York, also happen to intimidate other bisons from Buffalo, New York. That's what the sentence essentially means. But you can replace it with eight buffaloes. And you can say the word buffalo eight times and you are talking absolute sense, despite the fact it sounds total nonsense. Mark, do you know what? I'm going to be honest with you here. And I know that I can because we are friends. We've been friends for a while now. But you've had a nightmare here because you've lined this up and you've built it up and you've saved it to the end and it's just really sad because it's just so bad on that note let's see what we've learned today well uh, apparently there's money in a kid's show about cut grass that somehow is going to run for two seasons also Mark is in an absolute buffalo nightmare uh, and that Connor would last barely a day before munching in his own dumps in a desert island Uh, Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you've got facts, fire them over to us. Slide into our DMs on Instagram. You can get both of all of our handles uh, in the episode notes. If you're listening to this on Apple, uh, leave us a little review. That really helps us out. And let someone know uh, that you're loving the show too. Uh, And we will see you next week, where hopefully Connor has stayed away from eating things that's come out of his burning rim. Uh, Say goodbye, Mark. See you later. Say goodbye, Connor. See you, boys. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. See you next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.